0: Greetings Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, March 12th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Tough two-game stretch for the Warriors, really tough. Uh, Close games on Friday and on Sunday, but without Stephen Curry, the Warriors weren't able to get over the hump despite some heroics from Kevin Durant and some good play from down the roster And so the question is, are the Warriors going to get the number one overall seed? And the answer is, we don't know yet. There's still 16 games to go, and it's not clear. But in that third segment, what I want to do is go down the list over the past 20 or so years and see who won the championship, and whether or not they had the number one overall seed. I want to check out the paths that champions have had to take to get to the promised land and hopefully allay some fears that the Warriors are going to have some trouble going through Houston uh, in the conference finals if they do make it that far. In the first segment, we're going to talk about the game against the Blazers, and in the second segment, we're going to talk about the loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I appreciate all my new listeners. You can find my written media on Forbes.com. I write at the intersection of sports, business, and community impacts. I've also written for BleacherReport.com. You can find my previous work there. I did X's and O's on the Warriors. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E, or at Locked On Dubs. I tweet from both accounts. You can also get in touch with me via email at alekocarter11 at gmail.com. That's A-L-I-K-O-Carter11. If you just want to get in contact about hoops, I'm all ears. Locked On Warriors also has a Twitter account. I'm going to be Kicking that account into high gear in preparation for the offseason. There's a ton of interesting stuff I want to be posting on there. So follow Locked On Warriors on Instagram as well. Make sure you go to lockedonwarriors.com and bookmark that page. You can also get this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iOS, and Google Play. It's available everywhere. As is every other Locked On Podcast Network podcast, including Locked On NBA, which has expanded to every single day. It's the biggest stories of the day in the NBA, as told by the local experts. Let's get into this Portland game, and uh, 125-109 loss doesn't really tell the entire story of the game. This game was close. The Warriors were ahead by six with uh, in the fourth quarter. And then just kind of fell apart. And it turned around when Shabazz Napier hit a three-pointer and was fouled with about seven or eight minutes to go in the fourth. Everything turned around from there. The Warriors weren't able to rebound literally and figuratively. Ed Davis had the, the night of his life, especially on the offensive boards. And Damian Lillard showed why he's getting MVP consideration. 28 points for Dame and 30 for C.J. McCollum. That's 58 for the backcourt. They made nine threes between them, both shooting better than 40% from the arc. And defensively, it was really, it was timely shots. Uh, The Warriors held Damian Lillard to 8 of 21 shooting and 4 of 10 from 3. Not horrible numbers, but they didn't do the same for C.J. McCollum. 10 of 19, that's 52%, and 5 of 9 from 3. He also made five of his seven free throws, and Damian Lillard made all eight of his. Really great play from the backcourt in this game. And defensively, it's kind of interesting that such a small backcourt could be on the floor for such a long period of time for a team that really prides itself on its defense. That means that Dame and CJ are doing as much work as the backline of Yusuf Nurkic and al Farouk Aminu And I want to bring it back to Ed Davis. Ed Davis played for 26 minutes. He had 15 rebounds, including seven on the offensive end. We did not do a good job of keeping him off the offensive boards. Yusuf Nurkic also had four offensive rebounds and 11 total. The Warriors did not rebound the ball particularly well. And that could be, oh, David West isn't there and, and everything like that. But you got to rebound as a team. You got to rebound from the guard position players like Draymond and Kevin Durant have to take it upon themselves and Draymond had 12 rebounds himself but KD only had six and nobody including JaVale McGee who only had two rebounds in 20 minutes nobody else had more than three and you just got to do better 33 rebounds for the Warriors total 46 rebounds for the Portland Trailblazers and this is a good rebounding team we knew that i talked about that going into the game and the warriors were out rebounded by 13 and that's really the difference in the game those offensive rebounds from ed davis creating new opportunities and second chance points opportunities for the blazers who had 26 second chance points in this game their biggest lead was 18 is basically the difference in the game and as we said in the past when the warriors don't have stephen curry they play at a slower pace. They don't get as many fast break points. They have longer possessions overall on the offensive end and on the defensive end. Fast break points, only 11 points for the Golden State Warriors. They got to get out and run a little bit better than that. And Stephen Curry ignites a lot of that. And without him, you've got to look to Quinn Cook and whoever is handling the ball up the court to really try to push it and not allow what is a very good defense defense to set up 30 big minutes for Quinn Cook three of eight from the field oh of three from three he did do a lot of good things though those three shots that he made were not necessarily easy shots they were difficult shots one of them he was he was one of those 11 fast break points two of those 11 fast break points in the first quarter he came in he ran the fast break very well he saw that he was being left open where the uh The Blazers were tracking the guys on his left and right side. And so he pulled up from the free throw line and knocked it down. Very confident. He played very confidently, but zero of three from three, like I said. And he didn't particularly, he didn't assist the ball at all. Zero assists. And only 20 assists for the Warriors. Only 10 turnovers, though. Like I said, the difference in the game was rebounding. Some other notes, KD was amazing aside from the free-throwing. Excuse me, not the free-throwing. He made all 10 of his free-throws. Aside from the rebounding, he assisted the ball six times. He did have five of the Warriors' 10 turnovers and was a minus 11 on the night. Draymond Green, a minus 15. Klay Thompson, a minus 15. Nick Young, a minus 13. And so those were the guys who were playing at the end of the game. And, you know, it just is the way it is. That, That number is a little bit skewed because they did not... Play particularly well in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, but he did. That is, Kevin Durant had two blocks as well. Six of 12 from three. He was just stroking. But it wouldn't be enough. It seems like the team just ran out of gas on the Sega Baba traveling to Portland after playing at home against the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, a win that took a lot out of the team. And without Stephen Curry, of course. A few other notes from this game. JaVale McGee clearly isn't the screener that Zaza Pachulia is, and uh, but he brings so much other things to the table. He just needs to work on the screening and using his big body to really wall off defenders. Looney earning some big minutes and getting the Warriors three offensive rebounds he's the only guy who was out there rebounding the ball on the offensive end for the Warriors and a few putbacks for him three or five from the field in good minutes 20 minutes for Kavan. a solid third quarter for the Warriors they were able to get back into the game and extend that lead to six before having it fall apart clay got his shots up nine of 19 from the field four of seven from three they had a tough time guarding clay i would have liked to have seen him shoot a little bit more i know 19 shots is plenty he had 25 points but he was just you know he was hot kevin durant was hot and uh you know seeing either of them take 25 shots in this game i don't think would have been such a bad thing draymond green two of seven Javale, five of seven Kavon 3 of 5, Livingston 3 of 5, and Nick Young 1 of 4, one three-pointer he made. Couple of minutes from Damian Jones, nice to see him out on the court. And the last thing I want to say is Damian Lillard, just don't go under the screen. Quinn Cook, don't go under the screen. Whoever's guarding Dame, try to stay above the screen. He will shoot from 28 and he'll knock it down. And he did. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, because the guy in the cubicle next to you doesn't know crap about basketball. Now it's time to transition to the game against the Timberwolves, another tough loss. KD got the score within one point on a big three-pointer with about a minute to go, 103-104, and the Warriors didn't score again. Perhaps another example of running out of gas before the end of the game, this time much closer to the end of the game, but the Warriors did not execute in the last minute particularly well at all. The Warriors only turned the ball over 13 times in this game. Not a huge number, but they were outscored in the paint by 16, 58 to 42. And that would be the difference in this game. They scored 20 fast break points, uh, but the points in the paint were just too much to overcome. Carl Anthony Towns was a big part of that. 31 points, 5 offensive rebounds, 16 total. We've been letting big men have their way. First Lamarcus did a pretty good job on Yusuf Nurkic, but could have done better, and then another 30-15 game allowed by a big man with Carl Anthony Towns scoring 31, grabbing 16 rebounds. He was 2 of 5 from 3, 13 to 24 from the field. He took this team to task as if it was his job, which it is, and good for him, the 22-year-old center leading his team in the absence of Jimmy Butler. Andrew Wiggins had 23 points of his own on 56% shooting, two of four from three. And Todd Gibson, four offensive rebounds, 13 total to go along with his 11 points. The Wolves had six players in double figures. They shot 46% from the field, only 30% from three, but it's those points in the paint. The Warriors did not do a a good job of guarding the paint this time around. It starts with Kevin Durant. He had three blocks, but he picks his spots um, particularly well in terms of you know when he knows that he's not going to be able to get a block, he doesn't foul, and that's because well he only had he had three personal fouls in this game he doesn't get a lot of fouls in games in particular he knows how important he is on the offensive end so sometimes he'll just let a player go and I don't think that was to our advantage this time around though sometimes it can be. And letting those players have their way in the paint when he can't get a clean block led to him being a minus 19 on the night. And we only lost by six. So despite his 39 points, he wasn't on lineups that really played very well defensively. JaVale McGee was a minus 15 And actually, Zaza played much better minutes than McGee this time around. McGee was only one of one from the field, three rebounds in 15 and a half minutes. Zaza played 25. He was seven of nine from the field. He had four offensive rebounds, 11 total, and it was absolutely needed what he brought, 16 big points. There was a Derrick Rose appearance in this game. If you recall, a few weeks ago, I had a friend who suggested that we might try to pick up Derrick Rose and I put it out there and Warriors fans were not about that life at all and I feel you but he's still active and still can contribute to a good team and the man's only what 29 um, maybe 29 and obviously coach Tibbs loves his old players a few minutes how many minutes six and a half minutes for Derrick Rose he put up his shots one of five from the field had two assists had an offensive rebound and a putback uh, and he wasn't bad. Another Minnesota guard who put in some good minutes was Jeff Teague. He had 10 assists. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well. The Warriors held him in check for the most part, but he was assisting the ball like a madman. And he's really upped his game since Jimmy Butler went down last month. For the Warriors, Draymond Green had his numbers 10 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, only 2 turnovers, 3 steals, and a block. A great game from Draymond Green, and he made two three pointers to boot. Klay Thompson, only 8 of 22 from the field and 3 of 12 from 3, but he did get up 21 points, also 4 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 turnovers for Klay. I really like that he's shooting even though he wasn't really feeling it. Um, I want him to put up, you know... Clay becoming a volume scorer is not such a bad thing, especially in the absence of Stephen Curry. We need our best shooters to shoot. Kevin Durant, another one, 11 of 32 from the field, but he did make all 12 of his free throws to get to that 39 mark. He had 40 in the previous game, 39 here, and then had a great game against the Spurs as well. And it's really tough because it's one of those things like, oh, you, you, you Kevin Durant gets 40 points you expect the Warriors to win, but he was a minus 19 on the night. That means the defense just wasn't there. He played a lot of minutes with Nick Young, and Nick Young wasn't very good last night, or yesterday, excuse me, during the daytime. He was all 4 from the field in 22 minutes. I want him to get up more shots than that, and, you know, maybe run some plays to spring him open for those patented, uh, step right three-pointers that he loves to, to put down. He only had two rebounds, a steal, a block, and, uh, 16 he was a plus 16 on the night so uh he must have done something in particular very well and sean livingston 21 minutes had a big put back dunk in the fourth quarter three of six from the field in toto I'd love to see more minutes from Omri Caspi. It's just as simple as that. I want to see him play more than seven minutes right now. I just think that what he brings defensively is better than what Nick Young brings defensively, and that was <clears throat> one of the differences in this game. It's really hard to see how Kevin Durant was a minus 19 on the night, and, you, I, you know, he's got to be looking at that and saying, okay, I scored 39 points. I was aggressive I made five of my 12 three-pointers. I was getting to the line very easily, more easily than I have in my entire Warriors career, basically. And still based on the basic box score, I was not helpful. So he's got to look in the mirror and say, what can I do to be more helpful? His net rating on the night was minus 25.4. That's an offensive rating of 93.8. That's bad. And a defensive rating of 119.3. That's also very bad. This is per nba.com. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. God, country, warriors. Now I want to talk to you about sponsoring the Locked On Warriors podcast. Podcasts are hot right now and Locked On Podcast Network is no different. We're listened to by a connected male audience. That's 98% of our listeners are male, 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if that's your target demographic, get at me. Podcasts are where smart advertisers are getting their products out to the people. Get in touch with me at alikocarter11 at gmail.com, and I'll give you all the details. All right, we're going back to the year 2000, the first of the Lakers' three-peat from the early 2000s, and we're going to go and look at who actually had the number one overall seed getting to the finals and then winning the finals because uh, it's not a given. Is definitely not a given. The Warriors know that they can win on the road, that they can win in Houston. And, you know, I'm not saying that the Warriors aren't going to make the uh, number one overall seed. They still can. There's still a lot of time left. But having lost two in a row, the Warriors are now two games in the lost column behind Houston. Houston 52 and 14, Golden State 51 and 16. There is absolutely no risk of the Warriors falling down to third despite losing to Portland. That team is an additional 10 games back in the loss column. But the Warriors have gotten used to being the best team in the field over the last three years. As you recall, though, back in 2007, they beat the number one seed. So anything is possible, including the Warriors not having home court in the Western Conference finals and still going on to the finals, at which point if they win out, they would still have home court in the finals versus whoever comes out. I'm thinking Toronto at this point, and Toronto has 17 losses, one came back in the loss column. So you got to look at that too. You got to look at that team is very good at home, and you don't want to lose too many more games. All right. In 2000, the Lakers were the number one overall seed, they won 67 games. However, in 2001, they were the number two seed in the Western Conference behind the Spurs, ended up beating the Spurs in the conference finals before facing a team that also won 56 games in the Philadelphia 76ers, though the Lakers had the tiebreak there and did have home court in the finals in 2003. In two thousand and two, excuse me, the Lakers were third in the Western Conference. The Western Conference was really, really good that year. With the Kings leading at sixty-one and twenty-one, the Spurs at fifty-eight and twenty-four, the Lakers at fifty-eight and twenty-four, and the Dallas Mavericks at fifty-seven and twenty-five. Minnesota, fifty wins that season as well. Trailblazers at forty-nine in the Eastern Conference. The New Jersey Nets were the number 1 overall seed the number 1 seed in the east at 52 wins. So, the Lakers would go on and beat the Kings in the I mean, this was a tough year for the Lakers. This was a tough year to get them um to the finals and they had to go through the Blazers and the Spurs. They beat the Spurs 4-1, but the Spurs had home home court in this series and then of course that epic series against the kings that everybody remembers from 2002 where the lakers won in seven and i think that's what scares warriors fans more than anything is a game seven because we remember 2016 we remember being up 3-1 and then losing and losing and losing again we remember how easy it is to have destiny snatched away from our clutches and uh game sevens you know, on the road, are harder than Game 7s at home. It's that simple. But if the Lakers can do it, the Warriors can. The Spurs were the number one overall seed in 2003. Still, not an easy road. The Lakers were second in 2004 in the West, and the Pistons were third in 2004 in the East. They ended up making finals with the Pistons beating the Lakers in five despite Los Angeles having home court advantage. In 05, the Spurs met the Pistons when they were both two-seeds, and as you recall, the Spurs beat the Suns, who were the number one overall seed that year with 62 wins, the first of many chips on Mike D'Antoni's shoulder. The Pistons made it to the finals by beating the number one seed in the East, the Heat, who had picked up, as you may recall, one Shaquille O'Neal and drafted Dwayne Wade. The next season the The Heat made the finals, and were not the number one overall seed. That distinction belonged to the Pistons, and in the West, it was the San Antonio Spurs at sixty three and nineteen. The Pistons had sixty four wins that season, as you recall. That great, great, great series in the Western Conference uh, finals, uh, second round. Excuse me. This year, Dallas versus San Antonio. Dallas had sixty wins, but fell to fourth because uh the top three. Seeds had to be the winners of their respective divisions. So the Dallas Mavericks, at 60 wins, were in the fourth seed and therefore forced to meet the San Antonio Spurs in the second round. They won. That Game 7 is worthy of song. Definitely go watch those highlights. And then the Heat beat the Nets and then the Pistons to make it to the finals. And, of course, the Heat would win over the Mavericks in a very controversial series. Neither of those teams had the number one overall seed. In 2007, the Mavericks had the number one overall seed and were beaten by the upstart Golden State Warriors in the first round. The Spurs would go on to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2007 to win their fourth title. In 08, it was the big three of the Boston Celtics coming together. They won 66 games and the title. In 2009, despite winning 65 games and leading the Western Conference, the Lakers didn't have the number one overall seed. That belonged to the Cleveland Cavaliers at 66-16. and 16. The Cavs didn't make the finals, though. That was the Orlando Magic who beat them. They won 59 games that year. And so the Lakers did have home court in the finals, ended up beating the Magic in five. In 2010, the Cavaliers once again had the number one overall seed but did not make it out of the playoffs to make it to the finals. That would be the Boston Celtics. Lakers had home court in that series. They were the number one seed in the Western Conference, and they famously won that game seven with Kobe Bryant shooting 6 of 24 from the field, winning finals MVP. In the beginning of the LeBron era in Miami, the Heat were the second seed in the East and the Mavericks who would win the series were the third seed in the West and the Mavericks did not have home court advantage in the finals though they did have home court advantage in the conference finals thanks to the Thunder those upstarts beating the Spurs in the second round. For the 2012 Finals, this was the truncated 66-game season. Both the Thunder and the Heat were second in their conferences, behind the Spurs and Bulls respectively. The Bulls didn't make it to the Conference Finals, the Celtics did, and the Heat beat the Celtics with home court. In the Western Conference, the Thunder beat the Spurs without home court in six games. Second season in a row that they were able to beat the Spurs in the playoffs, despite not having home court advantage the heat did not have home court advantage in the finals and still beat the thunder four games to one in 2013 the heat had the number one overall seed and the spurs were second in the west they beat the grizzlies in the conference finals who had taken out the number one seed thunder didn't matter ray allen was an awesome awesome person and the heat won their second in a row and finally in 2014 the spurs did have the number one overall seed but miami was second in the Eastern Conference, ended up beating Indiana in six games in the conference finals. We, of course, do know how that one ended up. The San Antonio Spurs beat the Heat in five. So really what I'm looking at, what I'm looking for here is any kinds of patterns because, you know, it's about half the time the number one overall seed makes the finals and half the time they don't. But the pattern I'm seeing here is talent and chemistry. The team that is peaking at the right time, makes it out and into the finals. The team that has the most talent makes it out and is into the finals. And the Warriors just have more talent than the Houston Rockets. Over a seven-game series, no matter where that series is played, whether it's four games in Oakland or four games in Houston, the Warriors are going to be the better team more than half the time. And so even if they don't have the number one overall seed, they can still make a go of it in Houston, and there's not even a guarantee that Houston will make the conference finals anyway. So I want to say that we're not guaranteed to make the conference finals. Houston is not guaranteed to make the conference finals, and you got to take it one series at a time. But the Warriors are poised to be, until recently, they had the best road record in the NBA. And uh, it's just really this tough stretch of games, losing two in a row and then losing to Portland back on Valentine's Day. That has pushed their road record down, but they can take on anybody, anywhere, and the history shows us that the team that has come together chemistry-wise and has more talent will win. You saw it with the Spurs, the years that they weren't the number one seed. You saw it with the Lakers, the years that they weren't the number one seed. You saw it with the Miami Heat, the years that they weren't the number one seed. And this year, if Houston does take the number one seed, you'll see it with the Golden State Warriors. That's about as much time as we have for today. Some good games on the docket tonight. Spurs at Rockets on ESPN should be very good. Heat at Blazers on ESPN, also a very good game. Let's see if the Heat can get us uh, some some sweet, sweet revenge. Tune in tomorrow where I'll be breaking down the Warriors' host of injuries. My Warrior of the Week segment will focus on Quinn Cook, and then I'll be going around the NBA in the third Enjoy tonight's basketball and stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads.